Hey guys, Rohan Gupta and David Fong, Good Life Housing Partners, coming to you with a new podcast. This time we're going to take a longer look at where the real estate market is going, um, kind of taking a more speculative look at uh, the way the markets are progressing and, and how things are, um, I guess, faring as, as we have, are, are now edging into uh the end of the third quarter into the last quarter of the year and where things have gone in, into what I think is a number of words that have been used a number of times, but unprecedented is the one that has become a favorite of mine. But um, I'll take it over to give it over to David, who I think has uh, been able to kind of see some interesting things up here as we, as we get to this last quarter. David? Well, I think, I think the market is starting to show some movement. Um, there's actually the financing market has definitely start has definitely returned, although definitely not at the levels it was pre-COVID. I do think transactions have started to move. We're actually seeing more deals being put out to the market for people to purchase, and so we're as as an active buyer, we're starting to see a lot more product. Whereas over the last few months, there wasn't any product, and I think what was happening was a lot of sellers pulled back just because there was such a disconnect between what sellers wanted and but some buyers who I think also were seeking huge distress wanted huge discounts. And so now you're starting to see a lot of brokers putting more product to, to the market. Lending is back. I think there's some sort of normal that's still in the process of being discovered in terms of the process uh, where people are uh, you know, less, less likely to do non-refundable. Um, there is a little bit of price discounting, but not much. Um, I think I talked about that last week, anywhere from 3 to 10%. Um, I think in the general market, outside of real estate, something that Rowan and I were talking about earlier today, I think there's just a lot of confusion. The stock market is at an all-time high, and interest rates are, are at an all-time low, uh, given the actions of the Fed. And I think there's a lot of fear, too, about the stock market and whether it's overvalued. And I think what we're starting to see is a lot more interest in, in uh, tangible assets like real estate. And so I think that's also spurring a lot of the buyers to, you know, start really shaking the trees and start looking to try to transact. Um, the number, we talked about numbers last week. You know, my new number for this week is uh, 40 million, which is potentially the number of people who uh, could be evicted from apartments and homes. Um, mainly as a result of you know uh, loss of jobs due to COVID, the high unemployment rate we have now, and also the loss of uh, some of the unemployment benefits that just stopped, and, uh, and I think that's it'll be interesting to see what government starts to do. Uh, Trump just announced uh, the other day his um, through the CDC, which I'm not certain is is, is legally valid the way he did it, um, a uh, moratorium on evictions. And we'll see if that holds or what other states are doing. Uh, we have properties in Texas, and I know the moratorium on evictions was lifted last week, and we've already started moving toward uh, filing evictions on a lot of tenants uh, who were especially, there were a number of tenants we, we encountered who were sort of just taking advantage of the various moratoriums um, due to COVID and just flat out refusing to pay and not even trying to uh, seek government assistance. Um, to, to try to meet their obligations. And I think that's actually one of the requirements that Trump is uh, putting in in order to uh, take advantage of his moratorium, that you have to be at least trying to get government assistance to help you cover your rent and you have to be uh, 
really trying to uh, pay your bills and you just can't because of uh, your own illness or your own uh, unique situation of loss of jobs. But I think, of- I think to your point, like on the evictions, I mean, that's like, you know, there was this big headline today's uh, September 2nd about Trump stopping the evictions. And, you know, I think our firm is an interesting one because we're probably, you know, we could do probably very easily like 50, 60 evictions, you know, whatever happens is moratorium or not, um, in the next 30 days in just our D, in just our DFW portfolio. But, and while that sounds like a big number for, you know, around 1200 units, the reality is that that's a little less than 5%. And if you stretch that 5% over kind of where we, where we are over kind of five months, that's probably what we would normally do over five months. We probably do somewhere in the neighborhood. You know, that's probably not some great, um, that's probably a little high, but it's not, you know, we would probably do around 50, 60 evictions if you were to go from March until now. You'd probably do 60. And so, what, what the, but the pain of that for a group like ours is, a number of those tenants have been in their apartment, in apartments, not paying rent, and delinquency has, has got to all-time highs on these assets. Bad debt's gonna get written off at all-time high numbers, and then we're gonna do 60 in bulk, and then we'll have to refill 60 in, you know, as quickly as we can to, to kind of bridge the gap. And that's the pain of that 60. But the reality is, it's not as that terribly bad as like, you know, where we were when they we were looking at second quarter GDP, which was, you know, over 30% off, 32% off, I think, to be exact. So it's like if you were really 32% off GDP in a normal year, I mean, some I would expect us to not do 60 evictions. I would expect us to do like 600 evictions. Yeah. So that I mean, that that's sort yeah, of like that, the other no, side that, of the no, coin. That, that context is, is correct. And, and it's, you know, I think apartments and residential and student housing like we're in. Uh, as an asset class is, is definitely uh, we're in a much better position than say shopping centers and retail you know the, the statistic I've always heard like restaurants you know 60% of all restaurants are, are go- have gone out of business are going out of business and every day we hear all the big retailers filing bankruptcy you know 24-hour fitness JCPenney Sears etc and so that asset class uh, where where I know they a lot of lenders kind of kick the can down the road and did all sorts of forbearance. Uh, I mean, those tenants are not coming back, and so I think, to a certain degree, you know, there there is still housing demand, and people always need housing. And I think, to a certain degree, while you may have some some dips in students in the student housing side, I think you know at the end of the day, you know, especially at the large universities that we focus on, enrollment will still be fairly strong. Yeah, but I think if you go back to like even that's a good point on. On these businesses that are that are in bankruptcy or gone altogether, that it this this the really unique thing about this recession is that it's become it's been a really visual recession, like you've seen businesses go out of businesses, and on the same time, and this is the new kind of thing people are talking about is a is a K recovery. It's like you've seen those businesses go out of businesses, you've seen people lose jobs, you've seen people that are about to be evicted, and those are all the downside things. And at the same time, you've seen all this kind of work from home trade and stock market and all those things go significantly up. And I think that's what has been so so much more visual about this recession and so much you're getting so much more information, which is creating, I think, a lot of confusion about where the economy is truly heading. 
I mean, you, you can listen to CNBC or any of the money channels for just an hour and you will get a half a dozen different opinions. And I think that, that confusion and overall spook in the stock market to kind of where we originally started this pod is that you're getting people now saying, I need, like you said earlier, David, like tangible assets. So whether it be you know, buying a bigger home, buying a bigger fortress or castle to kind of work from home, or saying, I'm going to take some money out of the stock market and start investing in, you know, uh, apartment investment companies that, like ours or start investing in, you know, REITs, whatever. I mean, you're starting to see that pick up again. Yeah. And I think things, the trend is also starting to bode well for apartments, too, because, you know, office office buildings as, a, as an asset class, you know, it's it's already started where a lot of big tenants have started downsizing and are terminating leases or, or significantly reducing their space needs because most of their workforce is now working from home, be it in a house or, or in an apartment. And I do think, you know, especially that's one thing to keep an eye on, uh, you know, on the apartment side, I think having more amenity and common area space for people to kind of kind of work. Uh, I remember visiting an apartment, a luxury apartment recently, and I, and I was surprised to see all these people there with the little laptops, and it almost looked like a little co-working sk- yeah. space, and it's just a luxury apartment building, and I think that's a trend that will continue. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think you'll see co-working amenities continue, and I think just overall, I think you're going to see as as we get into the last quarter, as we get into 2021 vaccine, whatever happens on those fronts, those are largely out of our control, but what you're going to see is people take start to take real control as the confidence returns to the American economy and to the American people of how they're going to, you know, do their business or their career and how they're going to invest their money. And I think you're going to see more and more people, and you're starting to see this in certain, especially some of the more primary apartment markets. Now, that doesn't mean the primary markets. I think there's still a considerable amount of question and marks around New York, San Francisco, Los Angeles, um, you, you, those are still very questioned markets and, and there's, uh, it's debatable. It's a whole nother pod to discuss why you have some question marks around those. But in those primary apartment markets like Dallas, Fort Worth, like Las Vegas, Florida as, a, as a Florida and Arizona, Atlanta, I mean, these markets, you are starting to see investor appetite come back. And, and I think lastly, one of the more interesting things that's happened here for the apartment side is that cap rates have remained relatively unchanged. And like David mentioned, you've seen a slight amount of discounting. And I think people now are getting comfortable that they're not going to see as much discounting, specifically apartment investor groups like ours. We are now know that unless there's something truly wrong with the asset, there's some real distress like occupancy or physical defect that we're not going to see any discounting like we did back in 9 10 11 12 or you're gonna also see you are you're seeing it actually that the apartment investor is coming back they're realizing there's no discounting there and they're also on the other side they're saying hey i'm not going to get the same leverage i did just six months eight months ago but what i am going to get is a substantially lower interest rate and i'm going to be able to i should be able to get more yield if i can feel confident about where the apartment market is going where this economy is going that i can actually build a, a yield an even stronger yield than i ever did before and maybe the thing that most people are really looking at and this goes back to confidence and something we're going to get more and more into as we get, do more of these pods is that 
those that are actually doing it are seeing far less competition, true competition on these apartment deals that we saw maybe six, seven, eight months, a year, definitely a year ago. Yeah. And I think also on, on the yield side, I agree with you. The, I think even in some outlier markets, you mentioned Atlanta, you know, Atlanta and Philadelphia is one of the few markets where even despite COVID, I heard there's, because of demand, there's, there's actual rent growth. And so yeah, I think you, you will see some of that in, in some other areas too. It'll be flat for a while, but it will, it will start to come back as the demand increases. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. You, you, there's some markets you're starting to actually see regular. And you're also starting to see it after like, for, for even for our, some of our deals, we're actually now starting to experiment with different ways of upgrading units, of upgrading common areas, of upgrading apartment communities. And that's something that I, I would have not thought was a reality this year. And we're, here we that's are true. in August, September, and we're trying to experiment. We're looking for different ways to do it and how to achieve higher rent by doing it, by that's, really giving value. That's true. When, when COVID hit, I assumed that was definitely a 2021 uh, event where we would be able to raise rents. I thought the market yeah. would, be, would be sort of stuck for stuck. much longer. Stopped, yeah. So guys, this is a lot of information, but we're going to keep these pods coming. Um, just a way for us to share what we're seeing in the markets, share things that we're doing in markets that we're already in or markets that we're growing into. Um, please, if you have any questions or comments, feel free to hit us on Instagram or LinkedIn or any of the other sources we're on. We'll welcome everything and anything. Um, we'll look forward to speaking with you next week. David, any final comments? Uh, no, again, and if you have any topics or suggestions of topics and things you would like us to discuss, feel free to email that to us also. I have one final number. David shared his earlier. So my number is 15 cents, and that is the profit margin that uh, Robinhood makes on a on 100 trades. So um, they make a pretty high gross, but it, it takes a lot of trades to get to that. So um, 15 cents is my number. All right, David. Yeah. And I guess that price is what encourages so many people to invest in the stock market. Or just too. trade a lot. <laughs> trade, yes. I, I think actually... Not to go on a tangent, but I think the way they actually really make money is they is the option trading. They I think they have the highest um, the highest commission on option trades out there. So that's probably what is some of the big driver here. All right, guys. Well, enough about the stock markets. We're going to focus here on real estate. Thanks again, and we'll talk to you next week. Be safe.